don't you blame the movies? Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Welcome back to the dark side. I'm Brianna. And I'm Paige. And this is episode 74 of Dark Adaptation. So thank you, Paige, for being here. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. Um, You are actually going to be kind of leading us out of like the spooky season. Yeah. Uh, Getting sick kind of messed up the plans, you know, had I wanted it to be. A lot more, like, structured, I guess, and have, like, weekly fun, spooky Halloween episodes. But, you know, did what I could. Dropped, like, a three-parter instead and let people have that. But you're here. People are excited. People love when you're on the show. So you're kind of ending it all off with a bang. Okay. And I'm excited, excited too. I'm extra excited because I never know what you're going to do. You always just come on and you're like, okay, I'm going to tell you something and I I don't know. No one knows and it's extra fun. But before we get into it, I wanted to show you something. Okay. Um, the last time you were on the show, you did Hellhounds. Yes. Which was a sick episode. That one was so fun. People loved that episode. It was a lot of fun to write. And one of our listeners messaged us and sent in a picture that her son drew. Really? Because they were listening to it together, which is also really sweet. Oh, that's really cool. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. So I'm going to show it to you because it's actually really good. And I love it. And it's like the first kind of like fan art that we've ever received. And for the listener, I will post it on Instagram. I asked her if I can do that. And she said yes. So this is what they drew as a hellhound. Oh, my God. Isn't that so good? That is so cool. So it looks like it's Cerberus with the three heads of the dog and the four legs and the tail. And it says Fluffy the Hellhound. I love that too, calling it Fluffy. Oh, well, that's, um, I think that would be from <laughs> Harry Potter because they have a three-headed dog and Hagrid calls the dog Fluffy. I love that. That's I'm- awesome. You did a fantastic job. Yeah, and so. like the teeth and the tongue coming out. And like, it looks so menacing. Oh, it it's looks sick, awesome. right? I had to share that. I was like, I have to show her this because, yeah, it's cool to get like a little bit of fan art, the first fan art and it to, for it to be one of your episodes, which people love. And really honored. Thank you so much for drawing that. It looks fantastic. I know. I was looking at it. I'm like, this is sick. This could be in like Hercules or something. Yeah. And yeah, sorry, I didn't get the Harry Potter reference. I'm not a Harry Potter like I, I head, don't know but... if it actually was a reference for that, but I just noticed yeah. the connection there. But no, that's amazing. But yeah, the listener said like her and her son both love creepy, spooky stuff. So they listened to it together and he drew that. And I was like, I can't wait to show Paige. And then obviously this podcast, people can't see the photo. I will post it on Instagram. But yeah, I wanted to start it off with that because I'm like, that's so cool. Oh, that's a I good way to it. start it off. And thank you so much for drawing that. You guys mm-hmm. have just made my day with that. It's so cool. I love it. It is. I'm glad you're fans of uh, the episodes and the show and everything. So thank you so much. Yeah, that, and that was such a good episode. And this, I know, is going to be a good episode. What we're in for, I'm not sure, but I am going to just stop now, pass it over to you. You can tell us what we're doing and we'll get into the last episode of Spooky Season. Okay. Well, I have to say, before we get started, that while doing the research for this topic, it didn't go where I thought it would. Mm. And I didn't realize the connection between what some people might call them 
shadow people, Ooh. and other types of cryptids and myths from different cultures. But that just goes to show what you don't really know about the world and how we're all connected. So, Oh my goodness. So today we're talking about shadow people. Shadow people. I'm excited. I'm scared. And I love it. Also, that's just a good message for the show in general. When you're researching, a lot of the times it doesn't go in places you expect. No, you think you know something and then it takes you in a completely different direction and you learn so much more. So, And we're all about to learn so much more. So let's do it. Yeah. So like, like starting off, what experiences do you have with these beings if you have any? Well, I assume we're about to get into it and you'll tell us exactly what a shadow person is. Mm -hmm. So um, from my understanding what a shadow person is, I'm not really sure if I have any real experiences. Honestly, I think it's what a lot of people experience where they just think they see something in the corner of their eye or something kind of moving around. Um, Definitely more creepy vibe. You don't feel like, oh, this is like a residual energy or something cute. Like Mm -hmm. it's kind of scary. Um, I don't have any like really deep experiences. Dyson has experiences with a shadow person and he literally calls her Shadow Bay. You call her Shadow Bay? It's like his sleep paralysis demon, basically. Yeah? Do really? You want, do you want to talk about it? Okay. I'll just pass the mic over. Hello, is this thing on? It's on, I can hear you. Yes, okay. Go ahead. So, okay, go ahead. So I used to be a freak who sleeps with the uh, bed facing my door and the door open when I was living alone. And there would be just outside um, the, um, oh, what is it? The fire or the The smoke smoke alarm, smoke detector. And so it would give a little red light a little bit. And so I would just wake up every so often when I first like moved in and it would just be like a black figure kind of just standing in the doorway with the little red light there. And the weirdest thing was that if you've ever seen the lighthouse, you know that part where he gets right up to the lamp and then the music gets super loud and then super distorted and it's just... Like, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not even like a high frequency, which is more upsetting. It's like a... Imagine someone took white noise and it got faster and louder. And so it would just amp up like that, and then I'd I'd be like, uh, and then I just don't remember anything. Wow, that's creepy. <laughs> right? Yeah. And he loves it. I liked her. She gave it a little spook at night. It was yeah. fun. She also, was there I was... I loved it. It was sick. And yeah. I'm like, that sounds horrifying. Well, whatever. <laughs> I just sat there, and I was like... She was like... <laughs> you just blew each other little kisses. <laughs> yeah, and then... um. And then the other weird thing that I didn't like so much was that I kept finding rusty nails at my door, like at my like door. Really? Yeah, because it was a basement apartment, so I'd walk upstairs and I would open the door, and it's not on the driveway, so it's it's segmented, so it's a patio, and there'd just be a rusty nail. And so initially, I was like, "Oh, well, like a rusty nail. Like, welcome, oh, welcome to the fucking world, Dyson. Like, <laughs> things are on the ground." But then it would just be like. Every other day, there'd be a rusty nail in the same spot. Not up, not standing up, thank God, but like on, on its side, right on the door. And I was like, where is this coming from? Shadow Bay. <laughs> wow. Shadow Bay, but yeah. Shadow Bay brought him. Yeah, anyway. That's uh, crazy. That's my little, little Shadow Bay story. Thank you for sharing. I love that story because it's fucking creepy and this kid's a freak who loves it. Well, it, that it's such a good topic for today because I'm going to be talking a little bit about like sleep paralysis and a really? few other things. Yeah. 
Man, so on point. And this is why I asked the questions, just mm-hmm. to see if you guys have any, th- any connection to what I'm going to be talking about today. So mostly Dyson does. Well, we'll bring up Shadow Bay later, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and if even if you don't have personal experiences with shadow people, you might recognize them from like TV and movies. The probably like the most notable would be the show The Twilight Zone did an episode titled The Shadow Man, mm-hmm. where a boy had a shadow person living under his bed. Ew. And there's also Shadow People, a 2013 horror movie set during 1970s about a sleep study that was uh, studying patients who reported seeing shadow figures before they died in their sleep. Oh, wow. So, which is based on possible true events. Mm-hmm. But basically what Shadow People are, it's this entity that is a dark or black, like, shadow smoke that has an absence of light to it and emptiness, like, hence the name. But there's also no facial features, mm-hmm. and it is void of any details, but seems to have a depth to them, unlike a shadow that is flat against a surface. And some report even glowing red eyes, which <sighs> seems to be a staple in a lot of uh, cryptids and folklore. So. Yeah, for real. The glowing red eyes. Mm-hmm. And um, some appear as like just black smoke-filled silhouette of a human, and others have clothing such as like a top hat or a fedora or a long coat, a cape, and it's all part of that black silhouette. I've heard the top hat. I've heard – you're gonna, probably going to talk about it with sleep mm-hmm. paralysis, but yeah, yeah, I've heard about the top hat. The hat man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get into him in a bit. And um, I haven't really read anything about them being any other color other than black. No, I've only ever heard black. Just... I've never heard about the smokiness, though, which is interesting mm-hmm. to think of like a person, typical human silhouette that's all filled with smokiness. That's really creepy. Yeah. And not just a flat kind of smokiness. Yeah. It's got depth to it. Yeah. And generally, they're like an ominous humanoid-like form and can be anywhere from like a few feet to over 10 feet tall. Oh, fuck no. And one might see one like following you down hallways, mm-hmm. hiding or peering around corners, peering from unnaturally human angles through doorways. So they might even peer from like the top corner. Which got goosebumps. <laughs> That's the one, like what I mean when I feel like I've had encounters with shadow people. It's only like from the corner of the eye, seeing it at the end of the hallway, seeing it um, at the top of the stairs, that kind of thing. Yeah, just at the edge of your vision. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you might see them lurking from the ceiling, like in the corners in the room that you're in. You might see them walk through walls and objects as it doesn't seem to deter them in any way. Mm-hmm. And some people have even claimed to see them in reflections of like a black TV screen sitting beside them on the couch. Oh, or so a mirrored or other reflection of or surface of objects. So... You know, they don't even have to be right in your direct line of vision. Exactly. We're like in front of a giant TV right now and I'm just like so creeped out. And they would literally see in the TV screen someone sitting between us. Yeah. Like, no, like, ew. No. I know. I'm always terrified of seeing that. It's really fun though. I'm so scared and I love it. (laughs) Well, this is what the whole show is about, right? Exactly. Informative, but spooky. Spooky, spooky. And so once you kind of take note of them, they seem to move rather quickly out of your vision as if they were never there. So some encounters even end without aggression or violence, but some people say that they experience dark thoughts, intense fear, and dread when in their presence. Oh my god. The dread part I can definitely relate to because it kind of scares you, right? So you're like, oh, whoa. But 
anything more severe than that would be really scary. It would, for sure, to see that. It's intrusive. Not even know if what you're seeing is actually what you're seeing. Exactly. And people have even reports, have reports of hearing voices from that entity without seeing any type of mouth. Oh. Lots of whispers, a lot of... Ew, ew, and I'm just picturing like a gibberish kind of whispering, like like just like a and i'm like no thank you no thank you and applied with the fear that you're feeling yeah that inherent dreadfulness and you're just like wow i want out yeah but you couldn't even like go and hide in a room because they could just go through a wall yeah they could follow you anywhere you go right (gasps) i'm gonna barf yeah and they've also um have been able to dissolve and solidify at will becoming corporal when they wish and witnesses have claimed to see them transform or shapeshift into from shadow figures of animals like cats and dogs and they've also been known to take the shape that people refer to as crawlers. Ew, come on. <laughs> so, Stop it. They're black forms that have a naturally long spider-like limbs and walk on all fours. I'm so scared right now. This is so gross. It's scary. <laughs> it's like you can find them in every horror film. Like, but can it get worse? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it can always get worse. <laughs> you, yeah, you can't outrun them, so. Can it get hotter? <laughs> we'll find out with Shadow Bay. <laughs> I don't know if people heard that. Dyson asked, can it get hotter? Apparently so. <laughs> if you're horny enough, I guess. Yeah. And lonely enough. Like, yeah, the shadow person's doing it for me right now. <laughs> I like it when she ties me down and makes me stop moving. <laughs> Call me mother. <laughs> Call me mother. <laughs> uh, oh, Dyson's showing you something. Oh, that picture he's showing me a photo and okay did you find this online or did you get ai to do it I got AI to do it. he made he got ai to do it it's so creepy it's the end of a bed which actually looks like his bedroom kind of or his old bedroom and it's an open door and in the door there is a black shadow person with a red halo of light around it and it is so creepy and we'll also post this on instagram so dyson send it to me this is what dyson sees when he is stop it dyson, you're free <laughs> kind of hot though <laughs> we'll share that that's really creepy that is creepy but they don't even always have to be like a shape sometimes they could just be a black shapeless form all while maintaining that like misty shadowy structure Mm, it's like a mass. Yeah, just a, a floating mass in the middle of the room. Exactly. Which is still really creepy. You're like, why is this weird blob giving me so much anxiety right now? It's like, it reminds you of all those movies and TV shows where there's that black evil mist and it goes in through like the nose yeah. and the mouth and like ugh, the thought of being like choked and stuff mm-hmm. like by whatever this entity is, is, you know, theme of this shadow blob entity person is invasive (laughs) very invasive (laughs) yes yeah it doesn't it's not like you know bigfoot where they're elusive they're like no in your bedroom sounds like i'm right up in your grill okay close the door it's fine i'll get through the wall yeah no that won't stop me oh you've blocked the bottom of the door that's okay i'll just crawl up the wall because i could turn into a crawler and i'll just hang out in the corner of the ceiling have fun and paralyze you and scare (laughs) the shit out of you ew (laughs) yeah and some people believe that they're different from like ghosts or poltergeists and aren't a type of spirit and according to an article written by brian baker in the superstitious times titled explanations for shadow people continue to hunt uh haunt investigators canadian locations Hmm. and the quote is 
the dividing line between a shadow person and a ghost is if there are more defined features, end quote. So yeah, there's never usually more than one at any given time. And this leads them to believe that these beings could be a type of like alien or interdimensional entity who slips between dimensions. Demons are a possibility, which would explain the fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even theories of them being like time travels, travelers mm. or astral travelers as well. I like that last one because it's cool, but I don't think so. Because why would they be so scary and dreadful? And what is it about the astral traveler? Like, why are they peering at you and why are they visiting you? Out of and shape shifting and stuff. Yeah. I lean more towards like the its own class of ghoul, basically, and potentially demonic or or just more negative, especially because they are invasive and they can just <laughs> they're so creepy. They're very creepy. I like so many thoughts go through my head. Top hat go through the wall, crawling. And I'm like, ah, black mask, what the fuck? <laughs> smoky. Why is it smoky? Yeah. Well, if someone wanted a more, like, scientific explanation, it could be explained as our brains filling in blank spaces and areas at the edge of our peripheral vision with human-like black shapes. Mm -hmm. So it could possibly be that if you're more leaning towards that side. And journalist Jason Offutt author of Darkness Walks, The Shadow People Among Us, talks about a Swiss neurologist, Olaf Blanke, who was studying the effects of how the brain responded to electrical currents. And on September 21st, 2006, a 22-year-old college student volunteered to be tested in specific regions of the brain. Quote, the student kept turning her head to the right, and when asked what she was doing, she said a shadow person was not only standing behind her, she knew it wanted to do her harm. When the current was killed, the shadow person was gone. Eventually, the woman reported the shadow person was sitting behind her trying to take things out of her hand. The fact that the actions of the shadow person mirrored the subject's own led the researchers to postulate that the woman's shadow person may be due to the electrical charge which was causing the subject to misinterpret her own actions, end quote. Interesting. So, so that could be a disrupted a disruption in the brain. Yeah, maybe we're just born with some wires crossed mm -hmm. and some people just end up seeing things and it just provides more of a charge to that area that fuels that part of the brain. Yeah, or even like an ocular type of uh, like defect or something. Yeah, so many little things could be changed to to cause this. So interesting. And also it could be both. It you, could. you could have those times when you're maybe more tired, so you are filling in the blanks. Just like how when you're fluent in a language and you're reading, you're not necessarily reading every letter of every word. Like, your brain is just putting together mm -hmm. words and stuff. So, like, if you're really tired and you're trying to, like, make out your surroundings, you fill in the blank with a person or something. But sometimes maybe you really are seeing a shadow person. Like, it could be both. Exactly. And, <laughs> you know, people, especially children's brains are changing all the time. So who's to say that kids don't? see and do this where they don't understand what it is that they're really seeing in front of them mm -hmm. and they just make up a shadow person to fill yeah. in the blank yeah because they're like my brain doesn't have this cataloged right now so <laughs> i'm making it creepy instantly yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and author screenwriter and researcher marie d jones who wrote science how new discoveries in quantum physics and new science may explain the existence of paranormal phenomena it looks at her, quote, research into quantum and theoretical physics, 
she came across three concepts that really opened up the possibilities to her that some entities from somewhere else could be coming here, showing up as either imprinted projections or actual semi-physical manifestations such as poltergeists, etc. End quote. That's very interesting. Yeah. And um, so she comes up with like three concepts. Uh, the first being a parallel universe, which, quote, theoretically, if these infinite other universes exist, we really should not physically be able to access them based upon our, no our known laws of physics. Yet, even theoretical physicists entertain the thought that perhaps the laws of physics on the other side allow for some crossover, end quote. Yeah, I mean, it's not like something can be perfect all the time. There might be a little glitch here and there where you do kind of slip. Yeah, and there's always different laws for different dimensions and different, like, you know, parallel universes or whatever. Like, just because something is known in our universe doesn't mm -hmm. mean that it's known in another universe. Exactly. Or vice versa. Yeah. Like, we don't understand that here, but over there, it's like, what do you mean? This is just everyday thing. What, I'm shopping next to a shadow person in the grocery store? <laughs> exactly, right? Dyson, make that with AI. There we go. <laughs> and so number two would be uh, spatial and temporal alternate dimensions. And she writes that, quote, we are told that these dimensions could be infinite in size and exist at the top of our tip of our very noses. Again, our laws of physics do not allow us to cross into them at will. But if there is some sort of resonant synchronization of energy, perhaps a doorway is opened just long enough for to allow something to slip through, end quote. I, I love that idea. Also, you're doing very good at reading this. There's like big weird words and this lady's really smart and you're reading it very well. Thank you. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm always trying to make sure that I pronounce everything correctly. It's a weird little stressor that you get where it's like, oh, I don't want to be the person that can't pronounce this. That's why I write it phonetically next to it so that I can at least try and read it out. Yeah. It sounds somewhat okay. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so smart. <laughs> I'm so smart. No one will know the truth. SMRT. <laughs> and number three is the zero point field. An electromagnetic energy field. She continues that, quote, within this field lies the landscape of time, past, present, and future. Linear time is only a human illusion. But the quantum world, there is no linear nature. It happens all at once. That opens the door to the possibility that certain people trap, tap into this field for information such as remote viewing, psychic abilities, and even healing others. It is also... It also presents the possibility that entities may be coming from this field, manifesting in our level of reality, which is really just one among many levels, then vanishing back into the field, end quote. Mm -hmm. So again, another, you know, kind of, it seems like a veil of some sort yep. or a barrier of some sort, which people can kind of peek into, whether it's actually physically going through a doorway or just moving their astral projection Ex exactly. to this reality. I don't know if I've mentioned this just in general or if it's been on the podcast but there is cool theories about when you're talking about cryptids or things like this like ghosts or demons or whatever where they do exist kind of on their own level then every once in a while they really do kind of slip through a portal and that's why it's so hard to find bigfoot because they exist in a different level and sometimes they just slip through like a portal basically and you catch a glimpse and then they go right back where they're supposed to be that's a cool and like theory. i love those theories and i think they originate from navajo people because there was a unsolved mysteries episode where they were talking about um skinwalkers <laughs> okay 
And they're talking about how they believe there is like another level and things exist in it. And sometimes they do slip through the portal. And I'm like, I love that theory. Yeah. Because we're so limited in what we know in our own world and just by what we are physically able to see and our brains can kind of fill in to comprehend. Mm -hmm. Like even just the thought that really what we're looking at is all flipped upside down in our eyes, readjust it so that it's flipped the right way, quote unquote, up. Like, even that part of what our brains is able to do is kind of crazy. Super crazy. And that we only use so little of our brain. At at one time, right? Like, imagine Mm -hmm. if we were able to tap into all the other parts of it and, like, the things that we could possibly do. But we're just so restricted on what we can kind of prove and what other people have experienced so far. Exactly. Yeah. So much out there we don't know. It, It just really opens up quite the dialogue into the thought of other dimensions and the possibilities of parallel universes. Yeah, keep an open mind, man. Don't be narrow-minded about stuff like that. We just don't know. Exactly. We don't know. Okay? So lay off. Yeah, like, oh my god. (laughs) Get so defensive for no reason. We don't even know. (laughs) We're we're just telling you what we think we know, but we aren't 100% sure. We don't know. We don't know. (laughs) So... Shadow people are commonly associated with a condition known as sleep paralysis, which we kind of intro talked about a little bit, Mm -hmm. with many people believing that they are seeming demons as they fall or wake up from sleep. And according to sleepfoundation.org, quote, sleep paralysis is a temporary inability of to move or speak that occurs directly after falling asleep or waking up. As a person drifts off to sleep, their body begins to cycle through two types of sleep. Rapid eye movement, which is known as REM sleep, and non-rapid eye movement, which is REM sleep. Mm. During REM sleep, there is a heightened level of activity in the brain and breathing, blood pressure, and heart rate increase. This is also the type of sleep uh, characterized by rich and detailed dreams and nightmares. During REM sleep, the body enters a state of temporary paralysis called muscle atonia. This state is likely a mechanism to prevent sleepers from injuring themselves by acting out their dreams. In sleep paralysis, the lines between sleep and wakefulness become blurred. As a person at the edge of waking up or falling asleep, they become aware of their surroundings while their muscle paralysis continues. This means that they lie awake, but they are unable to move their body, end quote. That's nice to have, like, all of that explanation, because it's kind of like one of those things where you just know what it is, but... Not yeah. all those fine details. Dyson, did you get sleep paralysis when you were falling asleep or when you were waking up? It would kind of be the middle of the night. Middle of the night? Yeah. Would you have already been asleep? Yeah, I would have, like, fallen asleep and then in the middle of the night that would happen. So you'd fall asleep and then in the middle of the night you would wake up, something would wake you up, or... You would just be awake. I guess I just... You just you just wake up. I don't even this thing like I don't even remember like waking up. I just know that like I'd be there and just seeing that. Blech. And so all of a sudden, sound and stuff. But then like I would wake up at like way later. Like, yeah. Like I, I would wake up for work. And yeah. Out. It was just a wake up in the middle of the night and you'd go back to sleep. Yeah. Creepy. Mm. It kind of sounds like you're like the sleep cycle. You kind of like are into that non-REM sleep where you're not moving your eyes and then you kind of just for a moment get out of that into REM sleep and that's when it happens then you just kind of fall back into Mm -hmm. non-rapid eye sleep yeah it's kind of like when you wake up and it's 
like yeah you wake up and you're you're like clearly still kind of dreaming but not mm -hmm. so. that lucid dreaming yeah wow well sleep paralysis is actually most commonly in women yeah that makes sense actually when i hear about it it's always a woman that was experiencing it i've never experienced it but jessica Dyson's a woman yeah well, <laughs> first-hand account obviously <laughs> And about 20% of people have experienced sleep paralysis at least once in their life. And of that, 75% of episodes experienced per person result in what is known as hypo... Oh my god, hypnagondiac? Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's it. Sure. Um, hallucinations as you start to sleep or hypnopompic mm -hmm. hallucinations as your brain begins to wake. Okay. And this could show in three ways. So you could either hallucinate that there is something dangerous, like a dangerous presence in the room. You can feel immense and suffocating pressure on your chest. And you might wake up uh, after feeling a heaviness or pressure and thick, heavy air or the feeling of fear. And the third is that you might have an out-of-body experience of seeing yourself sleeping and being able to see around the room, identifying if there's another presence in the room. Wait, so that's all technically sleep paralysis? Yeah. Oh, it then I have had symptoms. sleep paralysis. You have, eh? Yeah. I've always just assumed you have to see the creepy shadow thing. No, because if you still have that like weighty pressure on your chest and you might be hallucinating something, it might not distinctly be shadow people. It's just the most common thing that people see when they do it. Mm -hmm. But the out-of-body experience that's is... That's what I've had. Yeah. I've had um, an out-of-body experience where I've obviously been sleeping mm -hmm. i wake up and i get up and i'm standing in the room and i go to walk towards the door to leave but i can't open the door and then i look at the bed and i'm sleeping and then i'm aware at that point like oh i'm watching myself sleep so i kind of broken that illusion because i can see that i'm sleeping and then i just got like pulled into my body and woke up yeah, and but you're unable to move your physical body. Like, no, I could not move my physical body. So that is probably a form of sleep paralysis. Uh, that was that was really creepy, actually. Learning <laughs> new shit all the time. This is what we mean. Mm -hmm. That was a long time ago, too. Now I want to try and do it again. Well, I mean, <laughs> you could try, but it might open the floodgate. And what if you actually see shadow people this time? Because I, <laughs> I would see the really creepy one if it's like crawling all over the place. And I'm like, now that God. your brain has it in your head. Yeah, I can't get over it. It's really creepy. No. 10 foot crawler <laughs> and according to a book titled sleep paralysis paralysis nightmares nosobos and the mind body connection written by shelly r adler a research team led by neurologist kevin nelson from the university of kentucky conducted a study to find the connections between sleep paralysis out-of-body experiences and near-death experiences mm. quote they conclude that some people's brains may be predisposed to these types of events. An out-of-body experience is statistically as likely to occur during a near-death experience as it is to occur during sleep paralysis. We found it surprising that the out-of-body experience with sleep transi transition seemed very much like an out-of-body experience during near-death, end quote. I've heard of that mostly in just like tv shows but like the near-death experience kind of being when you're closer to like that veil basically that barrier mm -hmm. between life and death and it's but it's cool that it's the same statistically between that point and sleep paralysis yes 
So like my kind of thoughts are if a person who is predisposed to having out of body experiences due to any near death experience early on in life, then that must mean between like being awake and falling asleep must trigger the soul or the spirit of the person to disassociate from the body, allowing them to either like see through the veil of what would be considered the other side or the spirit world being uh, or experience like a base trauma in the form of shadow people or like a connect with interventional beings. Mm -hmm. So if at any point in your life you've had a near death experience, then it kind of has opened that. So you're more susceptible just as life goes on. Cause I would think so. I have had a near death experience when I was a baby. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I wonder if that's why I can like astral project basically. It, it might be that because you're able to connect that part of your brain then you might be able to um, like experience it more often. And now all of a sudden you have that doorway that's open. Mm -hmm. Dyson just showed me terrifying. Okay. The first one was terrifying. It was a cr crawling shadow person. The second one is what I asked him to do, which was to go shopping in a grocery store with a <laughs> shadow so person. Creepy. It looks, does it look like um, there's Bigfoot in the it background as well? Also shopping. Oh, that is creepy. Yeah. So great. Now I actually have a real image to put in my head mm -hmm. when I'm trying to astral project later. Ugh! But I'm trying to astral project Wait. later, and I see Slender Man naked and crawling. <laughs> with the stringy hair. Wait yeah. till you guys see these pictures. I can't wait to post them, and you guys all have to be scared. But yeah, so that's interesting. Having a maybe a near-death experience kind of just opens your a part of your brain, maybe, where you can easily cross over into mm -hmm. whatever that is. Yeah. And an encounter given by Char Charmarin? Charmander. Charmarin. <laughs> In um, a thought catalog posted uh, titled 20 of the most terrifying accounts of sleep paralysis ever recorded Ooh. by Eric Reading or Redding describes, quote, I used to have sleep paralysis several times a week when I was a teenager. It always happened right before I was going to sleep. So it still felt like I was fully awake. Usually I could tell it was happening because I would suddenly hear a continuous whooshing sound and my entire body would suddenly feel paralyzed. Some of the time I wouldn't hallucinate. Other times I would hear whispers in my room and sometimes I could hear my mother calling me, but mm. I could never call back. One time I felt the paralysis happening. Then suddenly four figures all dressed in black cloaks stood beside my bed. They proceeded to grab my hands and feet. And while I was trying to scream, they dragged me across the floor as they got to my bedroom door and I was dropped and was back in my bed. I know it was my imagination but it felt so real. Exactly. It, it feels real. And in that moment, your brain can't distinguish reality between what you're thinking and feeling. Mm -hmm. So it is real in that moment. That's horrifying. Yeah. And your brain is basically tricking you in that moment into thinking that what you're imagining is you're physically feeling as well. So to feel like they something has grabbed your hands and feet for people and basically. dragged you off the bed and onto the floor and you say that you felt it. Like, that is some crazy connection between your brain, if that's all it is. I can't help but feel like this could, like, potentially traumatize somebody. Oh, for sure. Especially if you're having this happen multiple times a week. I feel like there would come a point where it's, like, almost scary to go to bed. You would be like, well, now I don't even want to, like, 
I'm dreading this part where I have to go to bed now because like you're like a little kid again afraid of like a nightmare or like the boogeyman or something because your own brain is doing this to you. Like I can't help but feel like you could be traumatized. And I wouldn't blame people if they were. If I saw that on a regular basis, I mean, I could either, you know, go full shadow bay over here. And yeah. Just come to it and be like, I want to bang you. <laughs> or I, they might be freaking terrifying because they might be crawlers. So yeah. Yeah. you And you don't know and you have no control over what you're getting. That's the thing, too. It's like luck or unluck of the draw. Yeah. And according to Natalia Kuna's article, Shadow People and Dark Beings, quote, the Cherokee elder Thunderstrike believes you are seeing with what he calls the fifth eye or the dream eye, which is in the location of the soft spot of a baby's head when it's born. Mm. He claims that according to his wisdom teachings, there is also your fourth eye, which is behind the base of your spine. And that is where you get the sensation that you are in danger as animals do and have the hair stand up or that chilly feeling at the back of your neck. He goes on to explain that at night in your dream state, you have a heightened energetic sensitivity and awareness, and therefore you will be more likely to experience supernatural phenomenon, both good and bad, and see such beings, end quote. I totally agree with that, actually. I never heard of it being called like a fourth or fifth eye, but mm -hmm. all of that makes sense. It does. And you like you definitely feel the chill, that chill down your spine mm -hmm. and that awareness of like in the back of your head where you're like, I can feel someone's eyes on me. Especially if you think about like our lizard brains or whatever. And when we would have been sleeping at night and that's when you're so vulnerable, it's dark out. You could be preyed upon in so many different ways. So you have that like spidey sense almost that's like taking over for you while you are in your most vulnerable state. Mm -hmm. So maybe people are still like tapped into that and don't realize or do yeah and i think if you've had those near-death experiences as well it probably does heighten that because mm -hmm. you will constantly feel the need to be aware of what's happening around you to make sure that you live to the next day yeah exactly so it's all connected right mm -hmm. and um so we're gonna kind of talk a little bit about Hatman, which you know a little about yeah i've just just like in those passing things on instagram or something you see like oh something so creepy if you've had sleep paralysis like 80 percent of people have seen that hat man and it's like a creepy thing at a top hat and it's like a 30 second video and i'm like that's so creepy like yeah. that's the extent of what i know okay well the general description of reported sightings is to be about six to ten feet tall dark shadow figure who wears like a wide brimmed hat and a long trench coat with glowing red eyes oh god the red eyes all the ways with the red eyes the only time i want to see red eyes is if it's like mothman and i'm like <laughs> oh you're real i love you just see a couple of pair of red eyes just flying through the dark sky i'd be like yes i knew it i knew if it's here. a 10 foot man in a top hat and trench coat i'd be like okay demonic jack the ripper get the fuck out <laughs> uh not today i'm not having it see ya not today or any day Bring back Mothman. Yeah. And some people even call it like the Benadryl hat man due to the, like the negative side effects that can occur if you take too much of Benadryl. Are you serious? Yeah. And um, you can also experience like delirium or even hallucinations. And uh, he doesn't physically usually touch you, but will stand in corners and hover over you while you sleep. No. But there have been reported cases of people taking too much Benadryl and hallucinating hat man. That's wild. Mm -hmm. Benadryl. But why are you taking that much Benadryl, people? People are super sick out here and just like, I need to be better and just down the whole bottle. Oh my God, you guys. It's crazy, man. People die from that. Be careful. Yeah. <laughs> Take it responsibly. Yes. Take all your drugs responsibly. Read the label. 
talk to your doctor. <laughs> Whatever other commercials say about yeah, recommended drugs. doses. Oh, okay. Sorry for that pause. Dyson just passed me his phone and it says football player Aaron Rodgers described seeing a shadowy hat man during ayahuasca fueled ayahuasca oh ayahuasca fueled trips in peru saying quote he will sometimes appear in the distance usually veiled by darkness holding the corpse of a dead rabbit and sometimes a blade wow so aaron rogers has been on ayahuasca and tripped out seen the hat man which is super creepy also i'm dumb couldn't say ayahuasca (laughs) that's okay (laughs) (laughs) ayahuasca i'm just glad i knew what you were trying to say Oh my god, yeah. That's creepy. So there we go. Aaron Rodgers. Seen the hat man. So that just shows everyone. There's so many people that you don't even know that probably have sleep paralysis or... Yeah, or like maybe they've seen it and just thought it was a weird thing they've seen not realizing this like basically phenomena where people are seeing the hat man. Yeah, we're probably gonna have a bunch of listeners that are like the same thing as you being like, I did realize I had sleep paralysis. Yeah. And that is what hat man is. Okay, I've seen him. Mm-hmm. We're friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to be friends with Hat Man. <laughs> well, is it better to be on the other side of Hat Man or friends with Hat Man? I'd like to be ignorant to Hat Man, you know? I wish I didn't even know about him. Well, I hope that that will continue <laughs> for you. I'm telling you, I'm going to be like, I'm going to astral project tonight. This is going to be sick. And I'm just going to be screaming. You're going to call me and be like, why would you do this to me? Why would you teach me about shadow people? I'm seeing all of the worst things. I saw the damn crawlers last night. This is all your fault. Now Hatman's out here hovering in his creepy trench coat up here. Red eyes. Bigger every time I see him. Dragging you off beds. How dare they? Oh, my God. That would be the end of the line. I would be like, yeet myself off this planet. <laughs> Into the next dimension. I'm going to another dimension, okay? Where's Mothman? That's all I care about. <laughs> Where's Mothman's dimension? <laughs> but you imagine if the interdimensional, interdimensional beings... Just don't ever sleep and don't know what it is. And then they come here and then they see people just lying for like eight plus hours with their mouths open, snoring. And they're like, what the hell are they doing? Honestly, they're like, this is the weirdest death I've ever seen. Right? <laughs> like, and and then they'd like be standing there, like seeing us like hovering over these people and observing them. And then as they're sleeping, but then the presence wakes these people up. And then they just like realize that you're staring back at each other. And they're like, oh, fuck, I woke it up. And they just disappear back into their dimension. Yeah, they're actually just really curious to like watching basically a specimen in a Petri dish or something. Yeah. They're just interested. And meanwhile, we're like <laughs> freaking out, you know, I'm having this full me. discussion. And yeah, they're just like, what are they doing? They're just so still. Why are they so still? Yeah. What's this weird sound coming out of their butt? They're like ripping hot ass in their sleep, snoring, mouth open, crazy hair like a rat's nest. Like, is I'm it just go, me? Is this just how I sleep? John earlier, and John was ripping ass everywhere. And then I went to go and see Susie, and she's just drooling. What is wrong with these humans? Also, you have those nights where it's really hot, where you're feeling real free, so you like go to bed naked, <laughs> not realizing you're totally being spied on by a shadow person. Just yeah. sits out. <laughs> just, ooh. Have a great time. And then sleep paralysis. It'd be so embarrassing. That would be really embarrassing. <laughs> like, oh my God. You caught me in my horrible granny panties. <laughs> <laughs> so for Shane Turnbow, a psychic who told his encounter to James Offutt, 
uh, tells a story of Hatman, who he called George. Cute. <laughs> Real cute. Curious George. The oh. Hatman. And we are just literally just talking about how curious they are. Mm-hmm. What's this thing sleeping with his mouth open catching spiders? <laughs> right. Ew. Yeah. How many spiders we eat in a night? Hmm. But... When he was 19, Shane decided to advance his psychic abilities and knowledge by using a Ouija board. Oh, good lord. And Of all the things. I know. As Shane sat before the board, a strange feeling crawled across him. Every hair on the back of my neck stood straight up. As the board spelled out, can you feel me now? (gasps) Shane said, at first he was very confrontational. Several days after the event, I woke up in the middle of the night got up to turn on the light in my bedroom, and there he was. After a time, it became playful and mischievous. Opening and shutting cupboard uh, doors, bedroom doors, turning Shane's television set on and off, he seemed to feed off of the attention he was given. The more attention he was given, the bolder he got. Mm -hmm. I think on a couple of occasions, he actually protected me from a darker entity that had followed me home from a psychic fair I worked at. Although... I suspect that more than protecting me, he was protecting his turf, end quote. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, oh, no. Ew, look at my goosebumps. Ew. Yeah, George, friend hat man. Nope. Just protecting his turf. Yeah, exactly. But like, oh, it's like a weird, it's like a dichotomy kind of because you're like, thank you so much for protecting me from whatever could have just came into my threshold. Mm -hmm. But also- like, you don't really care about me. You're protecting your own yeah. turf. And it's just so creepy. But also, hey, all this could have been avoided, mostly, if you didn't use the goddamn Ouija board. Well, other, like, other than just this quote here, when I was reading through, he had mentioned that his mentors had refused to teach him this kind of knowledge. Oh. And he went out of his way to go do it himself and then ended <sighs> up with Hatman, who still currently lives in his mother's house. Oh, his mother's house. Yeah, because he was only 19, living with his mom. Your poor mama. She's like, great. Yeah. (laughs) So the whole family is dealing now with Hatman, George Hatman. You know what? You got to be careful what you ask for. Mm -hmm. So. Because they might never go away. You got to know exactly what you're getting into and how to protect yourself from it. And look what you've done. Now George is thinking he's paying rent. Here, just here forever. (laughs) Passing on from your, your children to your children's children. Oh, also a good message in there too is like you can go to psychic fairs and these cool places where you are going to be around all types of people who are into all kinds of things good and bad and you got to protect yourself from that too exactly. charge those crystals sage that body <laughs> cleanse yourself <laughs> cast those spells good spells hold them crystals whatever you gotta <laughs> do So in 19 or 19 in 1664, I read that totally upside down. <laughs> three, three, yeah, sorry about that. 300 years earlier. Yes. So in 1664, a Dutch physician by the name of Isbrand van Demmerbroek was one of the first to publish a clinical collection of cases regarding sleep paralysis and their connection to hallucinations and illusions. Damn. And his research concluded that more often the nightmares plague the victim when sleeping or laying in like a supine position, which is laying straight on your back. Right. And according to the article, uh, Hypnagajuk, Hypnagajuk, 
Hypnagogic. Hip, that was the word I was trying to say earlier. Hypnagogic. Okay, hypnagogic. Hypnagogic hallucinations and sleep paralysis described by the Dutch physician Isbrand van Denbroek in 1664, written by E.J.O. Company. His uh, reasoning behind that is that, quote, he thought that due to over-redundancy of blood in the whole body, because the motion of the muscles for the most part cease in time of sleep, except the respiratory muscles, therefore, the failing of their motion is first perceived by reason of the extraordinary trouble that arises for want of respiration. Mm. Now the patient in her sleep, growing sensible of that straightness, but not understanding the cause of in that condition, believes herself to be overlaid by some demon, end quote. Interesting. So basically, by the lack of blood flow while you sleep, mm-hmm. it's um, uh, the respiratory muscles feel that, and then it feels like there's pressure on your chest, and then the, you think that it's because with that panic that you are seeing a demon or that a demon is causing this. Exactly. It's causing all that, like, quote unquote pressure on your chest whereas it's really just a like um physical almost reaction yeah exactly Hmm. and even earlier than that known depictions of these demons come from mesopotamia around 2400 bce referring (sighs) to a female demon named lithu of lilith Mm. who was known as an incubus or succubus wow that's ancient yes and this reference comes from the sumerian king's list referring to children she had during her nightly unions with men Ooh, la la. and lilith is described as having a body of a serpent so very different from the shadow creatures but she mated with men in the night to create her own litho demons that's really horrifying she is just like her being a rapist yeah in the worst scariest way yeah <gasps> and creating a creepy little army of her own demons of her own making yeah my god and in germanic and slavic folklore the whole like the word mara or mare was a spirit or demon that would walk or perch on the chest of those sleeping suffocating them and fueling their dreams of terror doom and the fear oh and the old english word mare meant incubus and didn't refer to a female horse and the term mara in um, Old Norse is also one to um, refer to, like, the demons as well. That's so interesting. I wonder where that, like, started to shift. Yeah, and they look almost, like, goblin-like, and probably the most famous depiction of these creatures is an oil painting from 1781 by Swiss artist Jean Fusili, uh, titled The Nightmare, who was said to experience the nightmares of uh, sleep paralysis himself. Oh. I'll show you that picture here and you can kind of see what it is. Yes, it is definitely a famous painting. You have a woman, right? Yep. A woman laid out on her back. She's in all her glory sleeping, you know. She's thrown over the side of the bed. Thrown over the side of the bed. Arms her draping. Arms draped mouth open she is in a slumber she's definitely drooling some she's drooling all over the place <laughs> at the angle of which her neck is bent and her head is <laughs> she's not gonna be able to turn her to- neck tomorrow yeah her head is totally vertical with the ground she's drooling right into her eyes that's a <laughs> sleeping woman in the prime of 
sleep paralysis. I'll tell you what. This is going to be an REM. Uh, um, <laughs> a REM sleep. This is, this is going to be a REM cycle of paralysis. Yeah. There's a goblin perched on her whole ass abdomen. The full torso. And there's a horse creeping in the background. It's creepy. Lots of red and white in this painting. It's lovely and creepy. And we will post it on Instagram. Yes, we will. We will bring it up as well. Uh, let me find where it was. Okay. And then, so, yeah, we'll include the picture on Instagram. And... They were also referred to as Mare-Ride or Mare-Ride or Mare-Dream, which would eventually fuel the term known as Nightmare. Oh, right. Yeah. And so there was even a charm spoken by residents in and around the vicinity of Wilhelmsburg and Hamburg, Germany, to prevent these Mara from coming. Quote, I lay me here to sleep. No nightmare shall plague me until they swim all the waters that flow upon the earth and count all the stars that appear in the firmament. Thus help me, Godfather, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. End quote. Oh, okay. So, so basically sending them on a journey before <laughs> they get to them so that they can sleep before they get there. Exactly. It's, it's also quite useful because, bro, you're never going to be able to count all those stars. <laughs> Unless it's a really cloudy night. Then they're like, no stars to count. <laughs> You lost half your time. You only get four hours instead of eight. Fuck. All those times when you're like, I had the worst sleep ever. It's because there was no stars in the sky. Nope. None for them to count into infinity. And the creepy little mare demon goblin ghouls got to you much faster. It's yeah. all making sense. I'm telling you what. I'm putting pieces together left, right, and center. All connected. <laughs> and many of these Mara... Defer, but it usually depicts uh, the tale of a man trapping Amara by plugging all the holes in the house so that it cannot escape and thus, by morning, transforming into a beautiful young woman who he then ends up marrying. They live a life together and have children. Then one day he asks her if she remembers what she is and where she came from. She says she doesn't. He reveals the last hole that he had plugged. And upon (laughs) unplugging this damn hole in the house, she disappears before his very eyes and is never to be seen again. Okay. (laughs) Yes. So he traps her by covering up all the nooks and crannies yeah. in the house yes. As, when she comes in from the nightmare he plugs the last hole so she can't leave and one day he goes i've got it real good let me see if i can like see if she remembers how shit her life was before me no kidding unplugs the hole she remembers and she's like fuck this and she dips yeah and i'm just wondering was this woman held hostage for all these years oh but- definitely like it was a plan it's like is this an ancient feeling if people wanted to like fuck something creepy well dyson <laughs> One of the stories was actually about one of the moms, like, doing this and capturing this nightmare for her son, who he eventually marries. Oh, my goodness. And then they have kids, and then he reveals what happened, and then she leaves because she is now in her right mind. I'll tell you what, before the internet, our minds were wild and tons of crazy ideas out here. Like, you know, I'm sick of this kid. He's just, he's, he sucks at feeding the goats. He's he's not doing, not keeping up with his farm work. He needs a lady in his life. <laughs> I think I'll plug all the holes in the house and get him one tonight. And one will just come <laughs> traversing in and then she'll never be able to leave. So scary. I love that though. Like, okay, I'll unplug this one hole here. Hey, so uh, you remember what you're all about? Nah? And she's like, fuck this, bye. Yeah, <laughs> you cast some sort of magic spell where you plugged my all the ways out of this place, 
and then I forget what happened or I was, you know, part of Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, for real. And forgot where I was. And then you reminded me and I was like, oh, right. I don't have to put up with your bullshit and your streaks in your underwear and all this (laughs) shit and your shitty kids. Your trousers. (laughs) Your trousers. For real. But um, there's also, in 1970, residents of uh, Newfoundland, Canada, believed that you could summon this entity on people. Mm. And it might also 1970s? be 1970s? 1970, yeah. Oh, okay. In the 1970s. And it might also be known as Old Hag Syndrome. Oh, God. Or the phenomenon. Love an old hag. Right? And uh, they refer to it as the Night Hag or the Old Hag or even sometimes the name Agrog. And it's a type of witch that can manipulate her spirit to leave her physical body and sit on a person's chest as they sleep. Oh, what a weird ability. So a bunch of residents in Newfoundland reported this being a thing in the 1970s. We have some listeners out there, some like loyal, excellent listeners out there. And I wonder if they've heard of this, if they can give us their two cents about it, if they've you know, heard the story themselves, mm-hmm. whatever the case is, if it's like a normal like type of lore, whatever, I want to hear about it. Or your creepy sleep paralysis. Oh, yeah. The, that goes for any listener. You got a weird, especially in learning now, there's types, different types of sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have necessarily have to be a shadow person, the hat man. It could be astral projection, just the pressure the, on your chest, the mm-hmm. weightedness. Like, yeah, I want to hear all about all of that. Exactly. Yeah. And... So in Brazil, there is a lore of Pisadera, which is a being that looks to be an old woman as well, who waits on the roofs of houses for people who have just consumed a very large meal to fall asleep. She would then climb down and into the house to walk on their chest as they sleep, suffocating them and even paralyzing them. Wow. She's straight up like walking all over them she's like i'm just gonna mash you to death specifically people who are like engorged after yeah like eating a big meal for multiple reasons i'm sure the main one being after you have that huge meal you're always so tired so you know you're going to be having like that good sleep yeah so she's probably it's probably easier target and like the pressure of your stomach just trying to work through all the food that you consume is like crushing as well it's it's very uncomfortable Mm mm-hmm And in pre-Islamic Arab culture, a jinn is a creature known to cause sleep paralysis while tormenting them with nightmares and madness or possibly possessing them in their sleep. And so, like, this is, like, kind of what I meant where, like, all these different connections to all these different creatures, right? And we have no idea. And the term jinn derives from the root word jinn, spelt differently, which means to hide. And in English, we might know this word also as genie oh okay yeah it's kind of a variation of it that makes so much sense actually dyson and i had just watched a horror movie um about a gin and instead of it being like the traditional lamp that you rub and Mm -hmm. the the genie comes out it is like basically lighting a candle and making a wish in front of the mirror but uh, you're asking something for a wish yeah and it's always like again Okay, well, be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you ask for. And it's not just 
things in which they can like house themselves like a quote unquote like a lamp Mm -hmm. where they can like technically i guess have like a living space that we think of but they can't attach themselves to inanimate objects Mm -hmm. so even if they're in the presence and you make that wish who's to say that they don't make it come true exactly because it could it could be the mirror it could be an old photo it could be whatever trinket box exactly yeah and they are also known to shapeshift between human and animal form and according to Catherine Ramsland, in an article she wrote on Psychology Today titled Shadow People, she interviewed Rosemary Ellen Gully, a leading expert on the paranormal who believes that these creatures might be one and the same. Quote, in old Jin lore, they could not replicate or do they could not duplicate 100% of a human body and usually their animal like hairy legs and feet gave them away. I have speculated that shadow people wear hats and cowls to cover up imperfect heads, end quote. Makes sense why they would be exactly even in whole ass trench coats. Yeah. Because it's like, well, maybe they have like still more of an animalistic arm or something. So they're hiding it in a trench mm-hmm. coat. Which or is so a creepy. form that's weird and that trench coat just drapes down so it completely covers. Exactly. And then, and then you're horns. thinking about a genie. They're always like they taper off at the waist into just like a stereotypical like ghost tail basically from what we know of aladdin yeah Yeah. (laughs) exactly and like that's so interesting yeah and specifically a jinn by the name of kabas which i believe i'm saying that right um was known uh to cause nightmares and plague his victims with restless sleep he visits his victims as they sleep and corners them in their bed from above with no way to escape him my god that's so scary yeah and in another encounter posted on Thought Catalog by Eric Redding, says, says, quote, My name is Gabriella and I live in Munich, Germany. Since I moved to a small village, I've experienced this phenomenon. I've just found out about it and what it is called or that it even has a name and it is common uh, only recently. I used to think I was crazy as some days I just couldn't sleep. Like if something was bugging me, like an annoying mosquito, but different. I felt a cold wind and my windows were closed and it's very cold at night here and also feel some kind of pressure or paralyzed sensation. I will just shake and wake up and I will see directly across the room that figure. It did sometimes stink, sometimes not. There might be months or even seven or eight in which nothing happens and then it comes back again. Doesn't seem to follow a pattern. Could happen during the day even. That is more rare. I also feel or hear like whispers in my ear, end quote. And that's the first time ever hearing that they smelt something. Or that they like kind of heard something annoying like a mosquito, like not just whispers, but like a sound that they heard with them as well. Mm -hmm. But the stink part was very fascinating. That is interesting. And the cold wind as well. Yeah. I haven't really heard anyone else talking about a cold wind. No, not like that. If it's a sensation, it's usually just like the The chill of fear. Yeah, the chill of fear, the pressure on the chest or Mm -hmm. something's touching you, not like a cold wind. But the smelling is extra creepy and it makes me think, because you were talking about um, the one person who was trying to categorize maybe what a shadow person could be. And there's the idea that maybe it's demonic. And then smelling something is really creepy and leads me to believe that was a more of a demonic thing. Mm -hmm, Because a lot of, um, I guess, reports of demon activity says that it comes with, like, the smelling of sulfur. Sulfur always. And the sulfur and the, yeah, those eggy kind of smells. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And Jason Offit also claims he first saw these two-dimensional beings between the ages of 8 to 12 years old. He was, quote, lying in bed at night after my parents turned off the lights. Moonlight poured through the window, open windows in our old farmhouse, gave me a clear view of my entire room. I stared from behind blankets as human shadows walked through my room. I'd cry out and mom and dad would rush into my room, but they never saw the things I saw, end quote. Wow. Also, that was a really detailed, like a vivid (laughs) writing about it. Interesting though that they, they called out and the parents did hear. Whereas there was some cases of people with sleep paralysis who at least think they're calling out, but no one comes because they're not actually like really making that much sound. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that this kid did get the parents to hear him. Yeah. And I've read um, some stories that people have posted of their own accounts. And one that I remember was, I believe, a guy who was having this paralyzed episode And he was trying to, like, cry out and, like, wake up the spouse that was next to him. And when he was finally able to get out of it, he turned over and she was just reading beside him. And nothing to her signaled any type of, you know, paralyzed event or any type of craziness. Like, apparently, like, nothing had really changed about him. And he was like, I was trying to scream for you. I was panicking. And you didn't even notice anything was going on. So it's very much internal mm-hmm. in some cases. Yeah, exactly. I know you don't you don't watch, like, scary stuff. But mm-hmm. on Netflix, there's the series, uh, the Mike Flanagan series is where series is. <laughs> the first one's The Haunting of Hill House. Okay. And the one girl gets really bad sleep paralysis. And she at least can like it's a fake show obviously but like she's frantic trying to get the attention of her husband and like the most she can make out is like a tiny little kind of like whimpering sound Mm -hmm. and he's like aware that she has sleep paralysis so he's more in tuned with it but even in those moments where you think you are screaming or yelling or flailing but you're not doing anything at all would be so jarring Mm-hmm, it would be. And, and you, the only thing you're mustering is a little whimper. And you feel so helpless because you're like, Savior to just shake me awake is right there to snap me out of it. And I can't do anything to save myself in mm-hmm. this moment. And so you just sit through that torment for the next seven to eight minutes, right? Exactly. Oh, my God. And that would be so long. It would feel like an eternity. Even think about just if we sat here silently for 10 seconds. It would seem long. It would. It would seem long. <laughs> seven or eight minutes? Yeah. Holy fuck. And... Offit talked with many eyewitnesses who told him of encounters and stories during his research and investigation. And a man named Donnie from Montana recalls, quote, I was sleeping on my side when I was awoken by what felt like someone sitting on my bed beside me, he said. I felt someone stick their finger into the middle of my back. When he opened his eyes, three shadow beings stood around his bed and he was afraid to look at what might be poking him from behind, end quote. No kidding. Said every woman ever. (laughs) (laughs) You're like turning your back to him like, no, no, no. Not tonight. Not tonight. (laughs) You just feel it poking you. No. (laughs) Don't sleep. You get some people like, that's not going to stop me. No. (laughs) (laughs) Not not for the shadow people. They don't care. Um, I feel like a lot of people have had that feeling though, like, getting more serious about it where you think you felt something sit on the edge of your bed at the end of your bed whatever like I feel like a lot of people had experienced that because there's definitely been times where I feel like something has sat on the bed Mm -hmm. just like the the 
pressure of the depression in the bed of feeling your weight slightly shift Mm -hmm. and you're just like something is there you can feel it your fifth eye is calling to you being like look something is sitting right there and i know you can't see it but maybe in the reflection of the tv you can but right and i know that i've experienced it uh quite a few times especially when i still lived at home and the first couple of times it happened you just kind of I always grew up with cats. Like, I've always had cats. And I just would assume, like, a cat jumped on the bed or something. And you, like, look over and there's nothing. Mm-hmm. And there's even been a time where there's, like, a little depression in the bed. And I'm, like, I'm really horrible for just being, like, nope, ignore it. And I just go back. You just mess it up with your feet so it's not even there anymore. <laughs> nothing and... happened. Nothing happened. Good yeah. night. <laughs> Kick off whoever's sitting there. And you're, like, nope, nope, my bed. I'll just be, like, you, I didn't invite you. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> and... Like, you know, how does one start seeing shadow people? Like, what causes it? And usually people who have experience with these beings first start seeing them around a time of great trauma in their lives. So it could be anything from being bullied, your parents divorcing, drugs and alcohol affecting you or your family, sexual and physical traumas, Mm -hmm. mental traumas, exposure to violence, you know, being in constant states of stress and fear. All of these things can trigger this, apparently. So... Yeah, I, yeah, makes sense. You know, you start to see horrible things or experience horrible things in your real life and your imagination fuels that. And mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you can't sleep because you're worried and you got to yeah. be alert. And then that causes uh, disruption in the cycle. It could be that easy, right? Exactly. Especially when you're talking about anything really traumatic, like th- any sort of abuse or whatever. That's so much to deal with and process and it impacts y- your body, your mind, everything. So, yeah, I can see them being related because it is just so much for your body to try and handle. Especially if you're a child as well and you start seeing them around, like, say, seven or eight, mm-hmm. like, then that means you've must experienced a trauma previous to this. And that's just terrible to know. Yeah. When you're a little, just a little babe. Mm-hmm, just an innocent babe. Yeah. But Elder Thunderstrike, quote, believes that they are inorganic forms and we are projecting and completing the shadow people phenomenon out of our soul beings and into the ethers, the universe through the dark energy of our negative emotions, our anger, guilt, greed, jealousy, envy, resentment, blame, shame, possessiveness, etc. In his words, we are assembling them into our world of perceptual reality. Because they exist in a parallel dimensions with the seven streams or dimensions of reality, there are actually 72 parallel dimensions to either side, including the fifth dimension when you're dreaming at night, end quote. Interesting. So he thinks that by having this constant state of emotions, of all these negative emotions, it attracts them and then it keeps them there. Mm-hmm. And we are going through a time in our um in our lives where there's a lot of shit going on right now and a lot of stress and fear. And so, you know, culminating up to this point in in the last few decades, more and more people have started seeing them. Maybe that's why. Maybe they're attracted to it. Exactly. Right. Uh, Just a collective traumatization. (laughs) Yeah. And um, there are even theories that these shadow beings are trying to instill these negative emotions so that your positive light or energy is diminished and that negative negativity spreads to other people, allowing more and more of these shadow beings to feed off the emotions. Oh my God, that's such a creepy idea of like a paranormal virus. Or even an alien type virus oh, as well. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just an invasion in, in a way you never 
would have seen coming. You know what theory I kind of heard sidetrack off of this, but it just reminded me is that what if black holes are actually other alien planets, but they've learned to disguise their planet so that we can't see it by putting this black facade in front and that is why we cannot find them oh yeah it's a cloak it's cloaked and what if these shadow people are from that type of planet or dimension and are that type of alien who's learned this technology and now uses it here just a side thought it's definitely interesting right there's so many possibilities so Uh, many theories yeah exactly so many theories i love the just different theories like like i had mentioned before like it's just a little yeah slip in a in a portal basically in this case it's not just a black hole it's a whole ass cloaked planet could be we don't know there's some creepy little ghouls who know how to cloak themselves as well yeah oh and their favorite dinner is negativity (laughs) yeah (laughs) yum tastes so good you ever heard of girl dinner yeah this is alien dinner (laughs) this is alien dinner (laughs) And um, while this, like, phenomenon might explain why people feel as if they're being watched while they're asleep, it doesn't account for the moments when people are fully awake. hmm And for as many reports of seeing these be- beings in moments between sleep and being awake, many others have claimed to even see them in the forest. Oh, God. Yeah. And in Natalia Kuna's article, Shadow People and Dark Beings... Shadow stalkers are believed to be, quote, protective spirits that guard nature and protect the elements. One of the quirks of such shadow stalkers is that some of them mimic people who see them. So when the person moves, they move too. When the person stops, they stop too and so forth, end quote. Oh, my God. That idea is really creepy, just the mimicking, because I don't like anything to do with mimics. I think that's so spooky, and that would be an interesting episode for you to do mm-hmm. on to do on mimics. Um, but also, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Protect those woods. Like, I'm, <laughs> I walk in the woods often, but, like, I'm just doing that. I'm walking. I got earbuds in. I'm living my best life out there. Like, I'm not doing anything wrong but there could be little fucking assholes out there who are like setting things on fire or littering or whatever and you know what yeah yeah protect it you do what you need to do but again i'm just trying to go for my little walk here i don't need you mimicking me or following you following me around and like how long are you gonna follow me are you gonna follow me right out of the woods yeah or do you stop like where's where's the safe zone yeah where's the threshold i need to know yeah and while they do mimic you they don't make noise while they traverse through the trees. That's extra creepy because I wasn't picturing any noise at all. See, yeah, because it's just so much sounds so much creepier when there isn't any noise when there should be. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just the like idea that whenever you feel like there's a predator or something around you that's dangerous, the whole forest goes silent. Exactly. And nope. It's like everything else is in tune with it as well. There's no birds chirping. Yeah. You won't hear a little like skittering of a squirrel or something. Like it is quiet. No crickets nothing no leaves rustling no twigs snapping brushes like or branches brushing against you nothing they don't hear it from them but they hear it from you and it's probably just like a big echoing signal of where you are oh my god you're just a beacon yeah noise and they may also have a connection to these entities known as dark watchers i never heard of that before So they're found in the Santa Lucia Mountains in California and are normally seen between late afternoon and twilight. Hmm. And in the 1700s, 
Spanish explorers report these Los okay, Los Vigilantes Oscuros. Mm-hmm. I hope that I am saying that right. Los Vigilantes. Beautiful. Oscuros. Los Vigilantes Oscuros. Which translates to the Dark Watchers, literally translates straight to that. Yeah, that's what I heard. And according to Be- uh, Brett Swanser of MysteriousUniverse.com, they are, quote, typically said to be very tall humanoid entities ranging from the height of seven feet tall all the way up to 15 feet tall. Okay, we thought 10 feet tall was tall, people. 15? 15. That's a tree. Tall. You're a tree. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got all that space, apparently, to stretch out. <laughs> and they're dressed in all black and wearing flowing cloaks and wide-brimmed hats, with many sightings also mentioning some sort of staves or sticks in the being's hands, end quote. Interesting. Very dark watchers, very paralleled with the hat man. Mm-hmm. Kind of a mishmash here. Yeah. And um, these dark watchers are known to stalk travelers who move within this mountain range. Interesting, interesting. Are they just protecting the mountain? I think so. I haven't really read anything about them being physically violent. It's more so that they just stalk That's... you as you walk past the specific mountain ranges yeah. where they're found. Yeah, they're like, this is the space I occupy, and I'm kind of stalking you because it's like, why are you, why are you here? Yeah, and the Spanish explorers were the first to kind of make note of this, and then after that, the American settlers were also um, ones to also see them. Wow. Interesting to hear if there was, like, more recent sightings or report stories, whatever. Mm-hmm. Of just, like, people that hike through there. Yeah. It would be cool to know. If you've ever hiked through there and you've seen it, let us know. Yeah, exactly. But um, there's even a famous poet from California, Robison Jeffers, who gives a brief mention in his poem published in 1937, uh, titled Such Counsels You Gave to Me. Quote, he thought it might be one of the watchers who were often seen in this length of coast range, forms that look human. Two human eyes, but are certainly not human. They come from just behind the ridges and watch, end quote. Ugh. Yeah, because they're like, is it a person? Oh, wait, it's 15 feet tall. It's not a person. Not a person. Definitely not a person. It sounds like something Stephen King would write. It does. I wonder if it's like one of his next books coming out. <laughs> Probably. But some believe that this must be a trick of the mind, a psychological phenomenon called paradelio, where the brain recognizes patterns and shapes and puts them into forms we can better understand. So a good example of this would be faces and places. Mm -hmm. So um, your brain gives objects or patterns a recognizable structure of two eyes, a nose, and a mouth, like a car, the front of the car. You might see the headlights as the eyes, the brand symbol as the nose, and the grill as the mouth. Mm Mm-hmm. So same thing here could be said for our mind tricking us into thinking we're seeing black voided figures stalking us through the forest. Sure. I mean, again, I think it could be both. I think sometimes it is totally a trick of the mind. But then other times, it might just be very real. You're probably looking at a dark watcher. And some might explain it as an optical illusion known as broken specter, which is the term that was coined to identify the phenomenon in the region of the Harz Mountains in Germany. Back to Germany. Yeah. (laughs) And James Felton, an editor of IFLScience.com, says, quote, When the sun is low and the conditions are right, the shadow is cast by the walker into the mist, making it appear as if a tall, shadowy figure is watching them from nearby. 
The water droplets that make up the mist can shift around, causing a distorting effect as though the shadow is moving, sometimes towards the observer. So people are literally being scared by their own shadows, end mm-hmm. quote. Which might be a possibility. Maybe you have an overactive imagination and yeah, you had a bad sure. day and now you're scared and it just plays tricks on you. Yeah. Even think about like just like cloud watching or something and you're looking in the clouds and it's like it's a cloud but you can really look at them sometimes and see like a scary face or a figure or look at a you see a dragon in them or something because like you can decide that that's what you see yeah or think you see or maybe you see them in the distance and they kind of look like mountains and oh i love that not normally now mountains and it's such a cool thing to see yeah so it's just the way that your brain perceives it right Mm mm-hmm and if you're a person who does experience these feelings, you might be wondering, what can I do to get rid of these shadow people? Not Benadryl. Oh, my God. I just thought I saw a shadow at the corner of my eye. I'm not even joking. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. That really creeped me out. Okay. Anyway, don't take Benadryl about <laughs> don't it. Don't take Benadryl. Not that much Benadryl. Now you keep looking over your shoulder, eh? I creep myself out. I think I'm just scared. It's just this really creepy stories. And I'm just like... Tonight. <laughs> No, because it could be like, it's a crawler. That's not what I saw. I just thought I saw sh- like a like tall a shadow. Shadow. We'll have to keep an eye out now while they're, while we're sitting here. <laughs> I need some sage. Okay. Well, if you want to get rid of them, <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So some advice that I've seen says, if you're religious, pray. Right. Um, Number one, obviously. Huh. If you're feeling emotionally turbulent, then try to meditate to bring some harmony into your life. You could do a spiritual or area cleanse, like you said, with the sage. Um, use a nightlight to help your brain not to be tricked by your own mind into seeing them and maybe limit the amount of caffeine you consume too close to bedtime as you drink your coffee right now. <laughs> your like third cup of coffee. That's, it's uh, my Dyson's third. It's you. actually my third. Is it your yes. third? Yes. And it's a big cup too. Focus. Focus. I need coffee to focus. That's what the mug says. <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> okay. Limit caffeine. Yeah. Noted. Um, and if nightmares still plague you, according to D.L. Ashlandman of University of Pittsburgh, in his webpage, Nightmares, Legends and Superstitions about the Demons that Cause Nightmares, you can do what was suggested in the 1800s. One, plug your keyhole. Oh. Place the toes of your shoes facing the door and get into bed backwards. Okay. Why are your toes against the door? Face the door. I don't know. Yeah, we don't need to ask questions. It's just like, why do you not put shoes on the table? I don't know. You just don't. Yeah. You just face them facing your door. <laughs> you're going to head out anyways when you're done. So <laughs> quick getaway. Um, number two, put something made of steel in your bed, like a pair of scissors or a bed knife. Okay. I got a toe knife. I'll use that. There you go. <laughs> or shiv. Whatever you've got. That was an It's Always Sunny reference. <laughs> I don't watch that. I know. But okay. Um, three, and finally, quote, a person suffering from nightmares should urinate into a clean new bottle, hang the bottle in the sun for three days, carry it without saying a word to a running stream, and then throw it over one's head into the stream, end quote. Excellent. Makes Who total sense. even thinks of that? Because shadow people are after your pee. That's obvious. Oh, of course. That's why they're staring at you. They're like, this one's farting a lot in their sleep, but when are they going to pee, though? Maybe they're ones that pee, make kids pee their pants. Yeah, they're like... Fishing, and I get hit by someone's demonic piss bottle, I'm coming after you. No kidding. <laughs> Fighting words from 
fighting actions for Dyson. If someone's throwing the piss bottle at him, he's fighting him. He's, I'm fighting him too. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. three day old piss that was in the sun. You know it's gonna be brown, right? It's gonna be brown pee, especially if it was in the 1800s. Those people are malnourished. That pee's orange. I actually found a bottle of pee when I was at uh, work in retail one time. It was in the um, uh, changing room. I in the men's changing room. Yeah. I literally saw it, turned around, and walked out, and made someone else find it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not touching somebody's it. piss bottle. Are you kidding me? Also, nope. it was full. That's foul. Yeah. Like, you worked in a mall. Like, there's bathrooms. Yeah. You can just go to the bathroom. Why are you pissing in a bottle? And then leaving it there. That's like, I think people who do shit like that is like a way for them to kind of get off. Like, they like mm-hmm. the idea that they've done that. And it's like a weird control thing or something. Someone else has got to clean it up. Yeah, like it's a power move and it's like just so gnarly. It's disgusting. Ugh. Foul. You know what? There's a special place and wherever for people like that. Yeah, with shadow people, obviously. Exactly. A shadow person is going to steal your pee. (laughs) And use it for testing. And yeah, bring it back to their cloaked black hole of a planet. Exactly. And I guess this, like, leads us to interpret whether these shadow people based on our, like, own experiences. And you can ask yourself, do you see them as you fall asleep or are you totally awake? Have you seen them since you were a child or is it only recently? Do you believe in the paranormal and interdimensions or do you lean more towards the explanation that your brain is just wired differently and you're predisposed to seeing them based on genetics? So there's a bunch of questions you can kind of ask yourself to decide for yourself whether you do have sleep paralysis or if you got a friend that likes to follow you around. Yeah. I think I think I got I think I got a little friend. I you might. I, I guess got, if we see him later. I got a friend. And she, finally. Finally your friend's <laughs> never gonna leave you. And doesn't talk back. It's like I'm not your friend. Okay, just give me your piss. Jesus Christ. <laughs> been waiting (laughs) well whatever they are we've uh they've been recorded throughout history in many different cultures and should be taken seriously whether it's bouts of sleep paralysis or you're more connected to the paranormal so yeah yeah that was amazing i can totally see it now where you when you opened up and you said i started like researching this topic and it kind of led me down a path didn't see coming didn't know where it was going and it was a very amazing path. We talked about s- shadow people, sleep paralysis, near-death experiences, uh, crystals. Shadow stalkers. Sh- dark dark watchers. watchers. Portals. Aliens. Invasive everything. Demons. Cloaked planets. Black holes. Yeah. We hit every topic. Jesus. And everyone has homework. Because you got to do a little bit of like soul searching now. Yeah. Are you maybe susceptible to paranormal activity? Are you just got an ocular defect? You got wires crossed? Do you have a permanent friend who just hovers around with you? Or maybe your partner is going through it. They don't know what it is and they can't scream out to you when it happens and they just think it's a bad dream. Yeah. And maybe some people are now aware that they've had sleep paralysis not knowing it don't have to see the hat man you can just have had a out-of-body experience which would be really cool to hear about if you're listening and you've had some sort of if obviously that you want to share if you've had a cool sleep paralysis story like dyson where he sees shadow bay in the creepy red light or an out-of-body experience like i've had not realizing that's technically a form of sleep paralysis 
I want to hear about it. Yeah, I want to hear too. And maybe you've named them or maybe you will name them now. Yeah. They're repeat to shadow people. What if we find out that, like how there's the phenomena of people seeing Hatman, that there's also the phenomena that people have named him George. Oh my God. Wouldn't that be weird? That would be really If people weird. are like, I also named mine George. That would be creepy. That would be super creepy. Or the other stories of people seeing multiple like how there's some people who see like a little gathering of them in their room which is so creepy and if you've named all three of them please let us know what their names are george and jorge (laughs) (laughs) that's two out of three but okay (laughs) and jorge senior and junior there we go okay and small and then there's one his name small george and And georgie and he's really big but his name's small george yeah obviously (laughs) Uh, there was another thing I wanted to hear about. Oh, if you live on the East Coast, Newfoundland, and you have heard of the um, 19, what was in the 1970s, the creepy old hag. Yeah. Uh, just or agrog is ag- what is also said. Or, yeah, old hag syndrome. Old hag syndrome. Oh, my yeah. goodness. When you put syndrome in there, that mm-hmm. makes it really real. Yeah. If you've <laughs> had uh, OHS, then let us know. <laughs> And we will be posting a lot of pictures. Dyson made some creepy AI art about shadow people. You have the portrait, the oil painting of the nightmare. Mm -hmm. The nightmare painting, yeah. And Paige, that was excellent. That was very fun. Uh, All over the map. Perfect for spooky season. Clearly, I actually did get a little bit creeped out. And I bet people who are listening to this are like, why did I listen to this in the middle of the night? I'm scared. Yeah. You should have done that. Perfect way to close out October. And yeah, you always bring something excellent to the table. And that was great. Thank you. I had so much fun. And I'm glad that everyone enjoys my episodes and mm-hmm. great artwork again. It was amazing. Oh, the he- I'm so Fluffy flattered. the Hellhound. Yes, I also post that. I can't forget that. So there's a lot of things that I will post so that y'all can be part of the experience too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just happy that this is how it will end October. It was great. For November, I don't know what's coming at you. There'll be something. But in the meantime, thank you, Paige. We'll see you back in December. Yes, and if anyone has any other suggestions, please let me know. Yes, always send in suggestions. Always tell you right away if we get any. And And I'm always excited to hear that. So thank you, you guys. I appreciate it. Or if you have any other fan art, anything like that. Yeah. Fan art, yeah. If you're an artist or, you know, you decide to do something creative, let us know. I'd love to see that. Oh, yeah. When I when I got that picture, I was like, this is amazing. I love this. So, yes, thank you for tuning in. And we'll catch you on the dark side. Bye. I'm not your friend. Okay, just give me your piss. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I've been waiting.